insignificant but significant. And uh, we're just going to take a look at Second Kings chapter 5. Familiar story. It's the story of Naaman. How often we've read it through many a time, even from our childhood days all the way up. We know the story off by heart, but we're just going to go through it verse by verse. Going to pick out three characters or people in this little story. Naaman, of course, is the, to say, the star of the show in it. But I want to look at the more insignificant people involved in it. And uh, my prayer would be tonight that if there's someone in the tent tonight who maybe would consider themselves unimportant, not much use, insignificant, that maybe you'll go out tonight through the door with a change of mind and a change of heart, knowing that the Lord could use you. Even during the, the, in the men's meeting there the last time with the men, I think the first men's meeting there four weeks ago, the Lord led me to speak on service. And still this theme still with me. And uh, the Lord gave me this little word just on Sunday night when the wind was howling through the, the, the countryside about three in the morning and I was just up with the Lord and the Lord gave me this little word. So it's just insignificant but significant. We'll just bow in a word of prayer. Father, we return thanks that we have this opportunity to gather around the precious word this evening. Thank you, Lord, for everyone gathered in. Thank you for journey and mercies, health and strength to be here. Remember those who weren't able to make it, those that are laid up in a bed of sickness tonight. We pray, Lord, you'll draw near to them beyond them what they would need. We pray now, Lord, that you'll just settle our hearts, settle our minds that we might just enjoy the presence of the Lord with us as once again we delve into the precious treasure chest of God's Word. Pray for much-needed help, Lord, here as the speaker, just to bring forth what thou would have to say to this little flock tonight. Asking this all in the Savior's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So just three little titles here this evening. We're just going to begin at verse 1. Three little thoughts. First of all, the little maid's declaration. We'll come to these people shortly. Secondly, the messenger's instruction. And thirdly, the servant's communication. And all of these little headings have the insignificant, the so-called insignificant people in this little story. But Second Kings chapter 5 starts off with verse 1. Now Naaman captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, an honorable. There are many honorable great men in the Bible. Giants amongst tribes, giants amongst people, giants amongst armies. And here we come across this man, Naaman. And he is one of these giants. And he's well noted, well remarked on. Scripture says that he's honorable, that he's, he, is, he is a great man with his master. And because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor. Great title so far, great heading so far. But there's a but. Remember we always say to look out for the buts. And this is what it says, this is how the verse ends. But he was a leper. And if you know about leprosy, that dreadful, dreadful disease, 
in biblical days, the colonies that would often march, hooted over, rejected by society, people run away. And, you know, a sad sight and certainly a sad condition. Anyone that suffered leprosy, it was a dreadful, dreadful affliction. Indeed, in these days, even in 2021, I think there are faraway tribes who still suffer from leprosy, where the medicine just hasn't got in yet. But it's a dreadful, dreadful disease. So no matter about how wonderful this man Naaman is, this captain of the host, this honorable great man, this mighty man, he was a leper. Dreadful condition. And verse 2 says these words, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. Look at that, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. So in other words, she was a help to Naaman's wife. She served Naaman's wife. No doubt throughout the household she would have been doing other little jobs as well. But here we have this little maid. Now, we don't know her name. We don't know much about her. But what we do know is, certainly, she had a fear of Almighty God. She knew Almighty God, and she had this knowledge, and something was ingrained in her little life to know and fear and respect Almighty God. Oh, that we would have more of that today in society. The fear and respect of Almighty God. Seems that man has just gone on his own way, hasn't he? And uh, heading to ruin. But this little maid who waited on Naaman's wife, and she knew of this situation readily, of course, that Naaman, mighty as he was, he had leprosy. And during her duties, this is what she says in verse 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. There was something that she knew about Elisha. Something that she knew that he was a mighty man of God, a prophet. One that could touch, one that could help, because God was using Elisha in a marvelous and mighty way. Now straight out here this evening, for the sake of time, we want to try and get through this as, 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 as good as we can with good content for everybody to take home. But I wonder, and I'm going to come on the back of the ladies' meeting last night. I wasn't at it, but from what I'm hearing, you said a powerful night. And handfuls of purpose, and the ladies and the sisters are responsible for that. And I wonder here, is there a little maid? This is addressed just to the sisters here for a moment. Is there a little maid in this gathering tonight? that God could take and use. Now, I don't know who was speaking last night, but I wonder, was there a message, a challenge sent out from this lectern to the ladies that were here last night, that could they in some way get involved, serve the Lord, be it in handfuls of purpose, or be it in whatever capacity here in the tabernacle? I wonder, are you a little maid in the making? I wonder, are you a little maid? You know, there are little maids about, and I can see them, dotted in and around. The ones that go about silently, without any fuss, 
They go about diligently seeking to please the Lord and carry out the will of the Lord. Mighty, mighty sisters in Christ. And I wonder, is there a little maid in the making tonight? Our little maid tonight, can you be reassured and assured that God knows the work that you're doing? Maybe you're a prayer warrior. Maybe you're one that's in the closet through the night hours. I know many people who who have difficulty sleeping. And rather than lying in the bed, tossing and turning and wrecking the sheets and tossing the pillows, they're up and they're praying for others. Praying through the night. Are you a prayer warrior, dear sister? Little maid, are you a prayer warrior? Maybe you're about to become a prayer warrior. Maybe you're saying, but I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I'm insignificant. I'm a nobody. Yes, I love the church. I love, I love everything about it. The people are friendly. The worship is wonderful. The pastor preaches tremendous sermons morning and night. Wednesday nights are absolutely tremendous. I love the Wednesday nights. But I really am insignificant. I'm nothing. Dear sister, you're everything in the eyes of Almighty God. Don't let old Satan get in there and destroy your peace and take away that little mantle that you have. God has given you that little mantle. Little maids tonight, take strength, take courage. Be assured, be reassured. God knows everything about you. Oh, you know this tabernacle, we need little maids. We thank God for the little maids that we have. The ones that know the ones that recognize, the ones that understand, the ones that are deep in their faith and their hope in Almighty God. Praise God for you. You know us men, you know, we really should be thanking these dear sisters for everything that they do. You know, I just was watching there Sarah and, and a few of the others on Sunday night, and it was a cold enough evening down there, and they were pouring the tea. Praise God for the tea ladies there, and all the men that help out too, you know. We really want to say thank you to you tonight. The little maids in service, praise God for you and for the handfuls of Purpose Team. It's tremendous. And I pray that more of the sisters will come forward and uh, be a Jennifer. Be a Jennifer. I remember the revival prayer, Kathy, when we started it all up. And Jennifer and Kathy were there. And the men, Kevin, Rodney, and a few others were there as well. My wife, Grace. And we, we had wonderful times. And Jennifer just loved those revival prayer cafes down there. When we would open up and there was tea and sandwiches and there was pastries and everything. And the folk would start to come in off the street. It was absolutely tremendous. And Jennifer loved it. And so often, you know, I would go up onto the stage there and have a tinkle on that keyboard there and just play. And just, you know, maybe they were having a wee chat amongst themselves. And I didn't really want to be there. Just, you know, maybe didn't want to be intrusive. But they really, really enjoyed that there. And that was tremendous. And that will come again. I do, I, do, I do think it will come again. I trust it will come again. It's a wonderful, wonderful service. And handfuls of, handfuls of purpose were very much involved in that. So I wonder, is the Lord speaking to a future little maid here? Dear sister, will you rise up for Christ and be in service for him? This is just a wee, wee one directed for you, dear sisters, tonight. I do believe the Lord's going to speak to a future little maid But he's also speaking to a little maid now and reassuring them and saying to them, I see what you do. 
I know what you do. I hear what you say. And he knows the challenges that you face. And it's not easy, but God is with you. Take that reassurance, dear sisters. So here we have this little maid, and she has just spoken out. And she says, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that in Samaria, he would, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And verse 4 says, And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. Now imagine a little maid that has been taken away captive. And you have to understand, a wee bit of the background as well as this little maid, she didn't have an easy time. There probably was a raid or some raid went in and her household was taken apart. Uh, Possibly there was death amongst other members of the family, certainly maybe friends and colleagues. And this little maid is just taken, swept out of her homeland, out of her country, and down in here into a new way of life. But she knew that God was with her. And that's the important thing, the little maids, that you know that God is with you. And she's being listened to. Isn't that amazing? She's being listened to by this mighty man's wife in this house. And verse 5 says, And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. You can understand here what's happening here. This king here has been likened to, to a God that can heal. He's just a mere man. He has a title, but he's just a mere man. He, can't, he has no power to, to heal. And he's amazed at this. But Elisha comes about here in verse 8, and, and was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot. Note this. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Notice that Elisha didn't come himself. He sent a messenger. I want to pause now and think secondly of the messenger's instruction. I wonder, along with the little maids that might be with us this evening, or the future little maids that might be with us, that God may touch and speak to, I wonder, is there a messenger in this tent tonight? I wonder, is there someone here has a message from God for someone else. I was with a dear brother yesterday afternoon. And he has a message for me. And what he had said to me, I believe, was from the Lord. I didn't expect it. I didn't think that would happen. But as I communed with him, it was clear 
that what he had said to me was for me. And perhaps God could use you to be a messenger. But you're already saying, well, I'm a wee bit like the sisters. Maybe, you know, I'm also insignificant. Man, you're in this one now. But I'm an insignificant, you know, I, I... What do you mean I could be a messenger? Look back into your life, dear friends, as a Christian, as a believer, as a born-again believer, on how many times has God spoken to you through others? God can speak through the pastor, speak through elders, can speak through preachers. God can speak through music, the words, the lyrics. God can speak through the very lowly brother or sister that sits at the back. And perhaps you are a messenger. What a privilege to be a messenger. When God lays on your heart a message for some other dear brother or sister, maybe someone who is heavy and burdened in life. I remember the story of a a man down in County Fermanagh, he tried twice to take his life. Things had gotten so much on top of him. And a messenger came to him in the hospital. His throat was cut from here to here. It stapled him up. And a messenger came to him. He was allowed into the ward. This man, who hadn't seen for a long time, came and brought him words from the Lord to strengthen him and encourage him, and to tell him to get on. Rise up and get on. And I wonder, is there a messenger here tonight? You might think yourself insignificant. You might say to yourself, well, I'm unlearned. How would ever I be able to bring God's message? Listen. The brother I was with yesterday wasn't a learned man. But he spoke clearly and directly. And it was the voice of the Lord through him. He was a messenger. A messenger. I wonder, will you be a messenger later tonight? Maybe there's a message for a husband tonight or a wife tonight in the home. Maybe there's a message tomorrow for a work colleague. Will you be God's messenger? Are you willing to be God's messenger, just as the sisters, would they be willing to be the little maid? Insignificant, yet most definitely significant. Are you one of those, dear friends? The little maid's declaration was that if he gets down, he'll be healed. Go and see the prophet. And the messenger's instruction here, because Elisha wasn't coming out, And Naaman was fully clad here with the horses, the chariots. He probably had army in tow. But the message was, in verse 10, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Note that it says, you might, it doesn't say you might be clean. The message is strong and straight and direct to the point. And this is what it says. And thou shalt be clean. There's no ifs, buts, mates with God. When God says it, it happens. 
When God declares it, it's declared. When God speaks, he speaks. When God commands, it's a command. When God deals, he deals. When God listens, he listens. When God comforts, God comforts. There's no ifs, buts, what's, ways, whens with God. God is God. He is perfect. He is almighty. He is wonderful. He is amazing. And he deserves our praise. Thou shalt be clean. Oh, would there be one has a direct message for someone tonight? Is there a message for someone tomorrow? Will God use you as the messenger? Listen, dear friend, don't be frightened by that. Consider it a privilege. Because God has chosen you to relay to someone his word. Oh, to be a messenger. Tremendous. But of course we have another but here, verse 11. (laughs) But Naaman was wroth. Now, we've all the good qualities of Naaman in verse 1, haven't we? (laughs) What does it say again in verse 1? He was a great man, captain, honorable, mighty. But here we have a man in, in wrath. And we'll be coming to it in a moment because you'll see that he goes away in a rage in verse 12. We'll read that in a moment. So, yes, with all those good qualities he has, something's not adding up here, but he's an angry man. He's an angry man. He may be an aggressive man. Just don't know. But it says that Naaman was wroth and went away. Maybe he's a huffy man. And said, Behold, I thought, oh, the three worst words a believer could say. Behold, I thought. Friends, if you're saying that and I'm saying it, behold, I thought, it fails. Because our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Now, we can back it up with Scripture. Come on with me to Psalm 55. Sorry, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verses 8 and 9. You all know it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I wonder, dear friend, and I ask myself this as well. When was the last time you said, Behold, I thought. Behold, I thought I could do that. I thought that was a good idea. I think that's a good idea. I think I'll do that. I'll just go on ahead. Oh, don't, God can come in around me behind me. Watch for this. Because the moment we start thinking that it's right and leave God out of it, it's wrong. We must seek divine advice and instruction from Almighty God before we advance the next step. And this is where Naaman fell here. Behold, I thought, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand or wave his hand over the place and recover the leper. You see, Naaman had his ideas of how he should be healed. I wonder, dear friend, tonight, have you 
an idea of what way your life should be? Is it your idea, or are we giving it over to the Lord? Because if we're seeking to go our way, it's no way. It's the wrong way. And we have to hand it over to the Lord. Naaman failed miserably here. Because of his might, because of his power, because of his nobility, he thought, may the Lord forgive us when we have thought. Maybe it didn't work out. And the reason was we neglected to consult Almighty God in what we had planned to do. How many have failed? How many have struggled when they thought that they were going the way which was the right way? And all along it was the wrong way. But God sometimes uses those hard lessons to teach us. It's called maturing in the faith. And a lot of us, including myself, still even, we have to learn the hard way. But God never leaves us nor forsakes us, even when he is dealing with us in the path of life. Verse 12, he asks a question here. Are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? Again, he was looking at himself saying, I, I'm not going to get into that Jordan River. Look, we have the two other rivers here. There are better rivers. Dear friends, are we querying God? Are we doubting God? Maybe a prayer that you have prayed still remains unanswered. Maybe you're seeking a direction that still is directionless. Don't start doubting. Keep patient and keep seeking the Lord. And above all, don't say, I'm going to do this myself. Because God in his time, in his will, will bring that to be, if it is to be. But we have to wait on the Lord. We have to have the patience to wait on the Lord. May God grant us patience and help us to be patient. For those of us who are impatient like me. So you see, Naaman was constructing in his own mind, in his own way, the way he should be healed. He wasn't willing to go down to the Jordan. He wanted to go to the other rivers. But you see, we have now finally, thirdly, the servant's communication. Because it says in the end of verse 12, so he turned and went away in a rage. You can imagine him. You could see him, couldn't you? This mighty man, he's raging. He's not getting his way. He's probably used to getting his way. He has men under him. He just has to shout a command and the men will run for fear of their life, perhaps. Maybe he could take a sword out and cut their head off. Men are in fear. His army, his, his, his colony are in fear. But here he's raging because he's not getting his way. Are you raging tonight? Are you a raging believer tonight? I trust and pray you're not. 
If you're raging tonight, you're only pleasing the devil. Because he's a raging, raging brute who seeks to devour and destroy. Don't you give in to him. Don't rage. Don't rage, but be at peace. Well, here he is, he's turned away in rage. And I love this. And his servants came near. We've asked, is there a little maid in the tent tonight? One in the making. Many tonight with us seated. We've asked, is God going to use a messenger? I wonder, dear friend, how's your service? Have we servants in the tent tonight? The appeal has gone out from the platform for help Saturday morning. Of course there'll be people who can't make it. I look back to when this tent was put up. I remember the team of men and the sisters that came to provide a refreshment as well. And how this, this big tent, I, I, you know, when this, when this tent went up, I couldn't get over the length of it. I, I drove down the road and I, I stopped the car and I says, my mouth was open. He says, look at the length of that tent. Tremendous. And I remember that Saturday when we all got together and we were pulling at the ropes and there was men sliding down the bank. Where's Stephen Lindsay? Is he here? <laughs> Brother Stephen went for a toss down the back. Pastor Ken, he got a whole tent full of water threw over him. <laughs> Light off him. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to tell you? We were all together in unity. We were all together. And, and, and what a blessed time it was. Actually putting this up, it was tremendous. I think James, Brother James, is there. He says to me, Ronnie, I'm going to miss when this thing's up. <laughs> and I felt like saying, James, what about we go the morning night and knock it down? <laughs> I want to put it up again. But it was, was tremendous. Just the camaraderie. But knowing that you're serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. Who are you serving? Who am I serving? Surely in these last of last hours that we have, that God graces with, with health and strength, could we not be found in service for him? Now, in the Lord's will, I hope to be here half nine Saturday morning. Looking forward to it. I don't know what I can do. As I said, I'm not very, very good with skills. Like the men were putting up these things here, girders and things like that. But I was able to hold a rope or I was able to hold a hand over a hammer as long as I didn't drop it on their toe. But I was able to do something. But it's just to be in simple service and to be here. And the Lord sees it. I can't do much better than that to get these men out. <laughs> so, but you know, it says, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, now, when it says there, my father, in those days, a servant had humility, respect, and fear for the leader of the home. And most definitely here in the case of Naaman. 
I would have considered these servants to be brave enough to come near to him here, suggest this, especially when he was in a rage. There's nothing worse than going near somebody who's raging. Maybe just wait a wee minute or two to the calm down, and then you can go near them. But they drew near here, and they spake unto him, and they said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? You know, dear friends, again getting back to the messenger, the servants were the messenger here. They got through to Naaman. Because there's a big change coming here. And what I'm saying to you, dear friend, as a servant, and maybe like the little maid, and maybe like the messenger you're considering yourself, but I'm an insignificant servant. What can I do? I come on a Sunday morning, and, and, and I'm looking around, and I see everybody, the, the people at the door welcomes us in, the people that shows us to our seats, and, 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 and how friendly they are. And then I'm an awe when I see the band, the music team, the worship team, they strike up and the music's lovely and the singers, and I'm sitting there, what can I do? I'm only insignificant. Dear friend, you are significant, not insignificant. Significant. And this tabernacle needs you. What was the poster during the war? Your country needs you. And there was a big finger pointing at you. Most easy to walk out the door, doesn't it, when it's not going your way. Our name in here was in a rage. It didn't go his way. Give up on the whole thing. Walk away. Well, you might walk away from here, but the worst thing to do is to walk away from God. You try walking away from God and you'll see what will happen. Listen, dear friend, you be a little maid, you be a messenger, you be a servant, a servant unto the Lord. The tiniest little thing You're going to laugh at this. A couple of weeks ago, I was setting up the keyboard. Is Jeff here? No. And Jeff probably came walking along. I just named him. Jeff probably came walking along. He says, Ronnie, a bottle of water. I says, Jeff, thank you so much. That meant a lot to me. That's simple. You're saying to yourself, you're way in the head. But that's, that meant a lot to me. Because at that particular moment in time, I actually had a bit of a tickle in my throat and I was glad of it. So you see, wee, wee, tiny, wee things. You, you mightn't think I'm enough that. But to somebody else, that's a treasure. And that's precious. And every little thing done is noted. So little maid, take heart. Messenger, are you ready to deliver? Servants, 
ready to be used. You're not insignificant. This story wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the insignificant ones. Because it took the little maid, didn't it? It took the messenger. It took the servants. So don't consider yourself insignificant. God uses significant people and lifts them out of their insignificance. Let's see how that story changes now. Verse 14. Then went he down. Where? To Abana and Farpar? Oh, not at all. No. He went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan. And look what happens. According to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Tremendous. And as we've said, if it hadn't been for the input of the insignificant, well, the significance in the conclusion to this wouldn't have happened. So take heart. And may God raise us all up. Help us. Equip us. In these days. Don't go out the door insignificant. <laughs> go out the door tonight significant. And may the Lord help us.